Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Boy Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny, Dana and Elliot. Um, and what a great week we've just had. Uh, Middlesbrough have just drawn against Leeds United. Um, and it's also Wednesday night, so we have a game tonight against Sheffield United at Bramall Lane. Um, but we'll start things off, Els. Um, Middlesbrough won, Leeds won a goal in the 110th minute from Calvin Phillips. Um, was a draw a fair result? Uh, I think probably. Um, from a Borough perspective, it's a bit... You know, guttering to kind of, um, you know, concede um, very late on um, and, you know, lose the three points, um, you know, one of your main rivals. But um, with their chances that they had in the second half and, you know, Randolph pulling off some excellent saves, it was probably um, a fair result, really, yeah. Yeah, Dana, uh, of course, the, the stop and play um, really did affect the game, in my opinion. But um, do you think Middlesbrough did enough... Uh, to say like warrant the three points or we with Elliot are you trying to say is it still a point or no I think a, a point was a fair result on the balance of things I think the first half we were fantastic uh, we really pressed them you know I expected the game to pan out the way it did um, we limited them to chances primarily outside the box or from tight angles which was good in the first half um, and then in the second I think we were always going to tire due to our high mm. press um, and you know the inevitable happened unfortunately and it's just like like Elliot said it was good in the fact that you know we were like what a minute not even yeah. that away from you know what would have been a valuable three points but all in all I think it was a fair result in the end do you think the crowd played the part in the in the performance or was it more of the more of the players doing no I, I feel like it did because obviously there's been a you know a toxic atmosphere around the riverside this season so I think that's kind of played a part in the the kind of nerves but you know, I think the the players fed off, off off the atmosphere, and obviously when Leeds come, they they always bring a, a raucous support. So Borough fans have to respond, and um, yeah, I, th- I think the the crowd uh, definitely played a part, and it's why I hope that we can take that into the next few games because it's important to get the players, you know, get the fans behind the players. Yeah, I thought the fans were really quiet on there, and to be honest, the four yeah, norm- yeah. normally they're they're singing no matter what, but it tend to just 
come towards the end when they were getting a few chances in and obviously the goal and stuff before that they were quite quite quiet I think that's testament to how Borough were though because they, they did frustrate them and they, they kept them quiet so there was a lot of like cross field balls that just went straight out of play for, for a throw in so I think that that probably played a part as well yeah I thought, I thought Borough were really, uh, really good to be honest but before I move on to them I kind of want to touch on Bielsa ball a little bit if you don't mind um, I was actually quite impressed with how um, Leeds played even though they were just I can't believe I'm saying it on a Borough podcast, but it's just like um, I'm, I can understand why people really enjoy uh, Bielsa's type of football and the play, the setup in like a four-one-four-one formation. What that allowed, um, say, uh, Roof to do was just it was, it was kind of like five forwards a little bit really, and hmm. um, one man just like Callum Phillips just, just sat and when he allowed the four in front of him just to express themselves and running uh, running the gaps. And what you seen with Roof was um, time and time again. Millsborough's uh, three centre-halves would get pulled apart and what would happen is Roof would just come in either in the back or he'd find the gaps or he'd also run through the midfield to you know, essentially make things difficult for us. But I thought we did really well to, to contain them. Um, I thought we were excellent in midfield. There's John Olby Mikel, which I'm going to come up to now. Els, um, John Olby Mikel Beck, um, absolute <laughs> Rolls-Royce, compose, best player on the pitch. He's been a great bit of business, hasn't he? Yeah, um, no, I, I thought he was really good, um, especially uh, you were saying with the with how the three worked um, in midfield. Um, I thought the changes um, in midfield to Wigan Savile really um, hurt us overall, and it meant that Bessic and Clayton were kind of dropping back into Mikel's territory rather than pushing forward like both Savile um, and Wing were doing. So it was it was a bit you know when I, I knew we were always going to sit back. Um, we made those changes anyway, but it was a bit, especially with the way Leeds had set up, especially like how you'd said, um, I felt like in the first half what we'd done well was trying to get the ball out wide and then get it back central quickly, and you've seen obviously that's where Wing's goal came from. And it was kind of like, I sound a bit like Michael Owen, but you know, it's, it was some, the tactics from, from us were kind of our best weapon and sometimes our shortfall, because if we managed to, do what we did for Wings goal well um, and do it quickly it worked but if we were playing it out wide and then Friend was taking ages on the ball without trying to get it back into Savile or Wing then we were losing it and we were doubled up on like you say because Roof was coming around the back on, on both sides um, but you know the midfield um, in general especially in the first half um, were great and, and Mikel orchestrated that because he was you know he was the guy that was you know he he was winning so many balls back. Um, and he was top um, for tackles when I looked at it. Um, I, I think he was top, top for tackles um, out of anyone on the pitch. Um, I think he was also one of the best for sort of through balls over the top. I remember him playing one to Hugo and I thought, you know, mm. none of our other players can pick out um, passes like that. So, really good. Then, obviously, being, you, I'm assuming you, you're really impressed with John Oliver Mikel. Um, Adam Clayton I'm going to touch on touching him for now he came on against Leeds I don't know if you've heard it but um, when I was sat in the, the west up um, just I'll keep that quiet I, sat, I basically sat in the west up for the game and quite a lot of boos for Adam Clayton do you think Clayton does deserve the boos at all or I thought they were from the Leeds fans no Most yeah there was a few a few around me in the south but um, it wasn't too bad, but um, I guess other sections of the stadium might have been a bit more critical. But yeah, I mean, I am in the east. I'm like two blocks away from the away fans, so I kind of just 
assumed it was them but if it is if it was the Borough fans then oh that's a bit I can't imagine what Rudy would have got but to be fair it was the thing is with the West Stand I've, I've done it a couple of times now this season and like sometimes I get like a freebie or like was with my, my partner and you know she was she's a lead so I'm just quiet again um, but um, but essentially a lot of people in the West Stand got just absolutely booed Clayton just telling me he's the worst of space and I just thought that doesn't really help Anyone really does did it. They, did they do it with Bessich also? Bessich as well when, was booed yeah, for Bessich as well. Yeah. I feel like they just didn't really deserve it. But there's one player that probably deserved a lot of plaudits, and that's not John Mikel, but it's time and time again we speak about him. Mr. Lewis Wing, um, where can he go in his career, Dana? Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, he's he just needs to keep keep playing. Um, you know, he's, he's come from non-league. We've like I said we talked about it the the rise of him from you know playing Shildon part time being a factory worker as well you know um, to see him take his opportunity has been brilliant and you know I'd like to hope that he'd stay at Borough because he he's just one of those players that he, he's a breath of fresh air really you know you, you watch him and I don't know everything's just different with, with Lewis Wing we've been so used to the same co- like type of static midfielder that you know, Lewis Wings come in. He's not afraid to shoot. He seems fearless. He, you know, there's there's just something about him where every time he he, he gets the ball, it's like go on, Wing, do something because it's like something's going to happen. Something he's going to make something happen, which is you know we've not really been used to that so much over the years with midfielders. So yeah, breath of fresh air and brilliant again on um on side of. Perfect. Um, there's obviously one got the first question as well. And it was from Yusuf, um, and he asks. Um, who's Borough's most vital player in the team this year um, we've touched on Lewis Wing but else who would you say uh, is Borough's most vital player there's, there's a few takers there there's obviously there's Darren Randolph of course you could potentially argue British on longer John Mikel's coming in now mm. and Clayton Lewis Wing there's, there's quite a few um, but who do you think is the, the most vital player um, I think for me it'd probably be half it probably have to be out of um, Wing and Randolph. I think their contributions to the team um, are the two that kind of make the most points for us. Um, through Randolph pulling off excellent saves like he did in the Leeds game, yeah, we, we drew in the end. But you know, if we'd have managed to pull off a result there, um, you know, I mean, it, 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 some of the saves that he was making, that the uh, double save and then the punch, um, the kind of like a thirdish save, um, you know, it's just to keep yourself in a game like that. I know the goalkeepers could very easily concede one-on-one chances, um, and then Wing obviously he's he's got quite a few goals from midfield this season. A lot of them um, have produced points. Some of them have got us through in the cup. Um, so either one of them two for me are definitely the most vital players. Dana, I'd go I'd go Randolph. Um, yeah. I can't recall the amount of times that <laughs> the East Stand have been on their feet in appreciation for Randolph. Probably more times than anything else this season it feels like every time Randolph makes one of those saves it's like celebrating a goal because it's it's just like I don't know it probably says how bad that we've been at the Riverside this season but um, no he's just been he's just been brilliant and I think you put on the the board breakdown page that um, you know we'd be a little bit on edge the sun, in the summer because I'm pretty sure that many ch- uh, Premier League teams sorry would, would want a goalkeeper like him but um, I'm gonna, you know, praise George Savile um, again. I feel like he is, like I said last week, he's coming into his own, and I feel like he could end up being quite a vital 
part of that Borough team. I think George, like I said, yeah, I agree. I think George Samuel's been excellent. And I remember in those earlier podcasts where we would say, we would say, oh, well, just give him time, just give him time. And it's nice to know that he's, he's starting to flourish now in a Borough shirt. Um, of course, he's just one, he's only 90 minutes away from being built up the, the whole stadium again. But um, I think his performances have been really great. And also with Darren Randolph as well. Um, I think Randolph has been the best player for us this season, but also he's been vital to Borough's success as well uh, for being in this position. But and even even I just want to point the obvious that you can't play a game about a goalkeeper. So there you go. Um, <laughs> um, but no, in terms of Darren Randolph, I think we're going to be it's going to be really challenging for us to hold on to him this uh, in the summer, especially if we don't go up. Um, there's going to be suit. There's going to be suitors who have just. Uh, came down from the, the Premier League, but also people who were just going up as well. Um, I can't see him going to say like a top ten Premier League side, but what I can see him doing is definitely going below that and probably leaving us for a, a decent fee in the summer if we were uh, to not go up. But um, else, there's um, another question from Chris Allen. He's, he's asked uh, Van Lepar and Tav, um, do you expect them to get minutes in the next few weeks, or would you uh, stick with what we're doing at the moment with the six centre midfielders? Um, yeah, I, I don't think um, they're going to, but I, I, I don't know actually because it, it could it could surprise us with Wing potentially being out um, with this um, little niggle he has, um, which might kind of you know throw a Winger in the equation. Um, personally, I know we you know we were all for uh, Wingers, but you know with the current situation of them with you know Downing with the contract situation Van La Parra apparently not being match fit which kind of lives up to the the tweets that were put out at the start of the month when we signed him um, and then you know maybe Tav's uh, attitude or um, you know is maybe he's not uh, the kind of the same situation that was with uh, Wing um, what we were saying before about him not being as disciplined mm. um, that might be the issue, issue why Tav's not getting in the squad so you know if there's issues with all three of them I can see is not really switching back to a wing system and you know it's going with a 5-3-2-4-5-1 and it suits us better um, away from home and it suits us even at home against teams like Leeds Um, so it suits us perfectly tonight Um, I think even against Blackburn um, who are pretty good on the day um, it'd suit us it's just when we're playing um, games like that Millwall game at home or Ipswich at home um, to be playing that kind of formation, it doesn't really work so much. Go ahead, sorry, go yeah, it is. I mean, we've said it before, haven't we? It's a bit strange that that Tav isn't even getting in the uh, on the bench. Um, I don't know whether he's part of the matchday squad that's kind of you know sat behind the bench, um, ready to be called upon if there's an injury yeah. um, in the warm ups. But it, I don't know. There must be something that Tony Pulis sees on the training pitch that. It kind of says to him, right? His his application maybe isn't the best, but it is a little bit strange. But as for like the formation and stuff, I feel like as much as people don't like us playing with, you know, ten thousand midfielders, it does suit our team because we've got so many midfielders that, you know, it's probably the only position we're well stacked in. So if we play with wingers, we could easily not be able to play with it the next game if there's an injury or whatever. So. Yeah. You know we're very thin in that in that department, so you know for me go forward with the same formation as as bad as people may perceive it to be, it is kind of working for us. At the moment. It, it can it can work if you execute your tactics right as well. Um, like I was saying about in the Leeds game, it can um, 
we were getting the ball out wide to friend and shot and then trying to play in field quickly and because they're playing that 4-1-4-1 uh, they only have one centre midfielder which is Calvin Phillips and then we had two either side of him so if he went yeah. over to one of them the other one was free anyway so it worked it worked because the Leeds were playing that system But and it can um, if you find those gaps um, and you're playing I, I think Savile and, and Wing want to get forward more so if, you know, if they're and in it, then it's a little bit more. Um, it's, it's not as creative because Bessic and House and you know, uh, sorry, Bessic and uh, Clayton sit naturally deeper. So, yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of Tavu is more of like I, in the no kind of thing. It's more like an attitude problem, hence why he's not starting or in the squad. Um, whether that happen, whether that improves or he gets back in the team tonight, then it's it's a different story. But that's from from what we or from you know in the in the no kind of thing. Uh, but in terms of those type of players and um, I can't see them getting into the squad either really um, especially with the style we're playing now um, I think we were actually really good against Leeds and we have been good on our travels by the Newport game um, with that system do I think we should change the system at all probably not now there's no point changing anything um, or bringing new or young players into the team when we're in such a crunch time of the season um, and we need to get results. Ah, there we are. Um, let's go live. Um, for the first time all together, um, we are live on the Board Breakdown podcast. We're live via Twitter, um, and we're also uh, live on Facebook Live too. I'm just trying to flip my camera around. There we are, we're all live. Happy days. Um, live on Facebook and live on Twitter. Middlesbrough just announced the team um, to play Sheffield United. The six-pointer, of course, L's. Um, same team uh, that drawn against Leeds. You happy with the starting lineup? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would have picked the same team. The only difference I might have done if Wing was injured um, would have been to put Bessic in there um, over Clayton. I just feel he'd be a bit more forward thinking. But I'm glad Wing's in there. I hope um, it doesn't um, turn into more of a serious injury if he picks up another knock. Um, no, but I'm glad to see you know those eleven lining up. Happy to see Lewis Wing dinner. Yeah, um, yeah, we missed him massively when he went off uh, against Leeds, and he was struggling in the Newport game as well. You could tell. So the fact that he's he's come through, um, you know, is good. And, and I agree. I think unchanged was was what I wanted. So I'm I'm happy with that team. Perfect. Um, so Sheffield United, I know you two have been researching um, and gathering some information about Sheffield United. Probably one player in particular that we should be looking at. That's Billy Sharp, of course, um, one of the top scorers in the league. He can't stop scoring for Sheffield United. The hat trick against uh, Aston Villa in that three-three draw. Um, Els or Dana, who wants to start? Who wants to break Sheffield United down? Um, so they have also just um, announced their lineup. Um, former Borough boy Martin Craney's in there. Um, <laughs> and the eighty-seventh minute, <laughs> number twenty-five, Martin Craney. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah. we should be definitely scared of that. Um, no, but obviously Billy Sharp's in there, top scorer in the league, 22 goals this season. Um, they normally line up um, in a 3-4-2-1 formation. They have kind of you know set out a bit similar to us, um, three central defenders, um, two pushing on wide, um, and they'll normally kind of split the midfielders with one holding and a few pushing forward um, to support um, Billy Sharp and David McGoldrick. Um, so, you know... The, the style that they play is when when you kind of look at it, you think it'd be 
you know quite similar to ours but um they attend they tend to kind of attack down the left more um when i looked into them which was quite strange that they like to that absolutely love attacking down that side uh, maybe because Martin Craney's playing on the right <laughs> um, but uh, no so I, I think um, it's going to be a torrid afternoon for uh, Sean if they're doubling up um, torrid evening see you kick off hells um, yeah. sorry keep running on your feet but the way Sheffield United play it's quite aggressive they try to get balls in the box um, Billy Sharp's that poach instinct of course he's going to he's going to try and get, make it a difficult evening for Danny Ayala Flint and uh, Del Fry they couldn't get Del Fry out of my head there but um, Dana how do you think Millsmith should approach the game should we um, be quite aggressive on the front foot or is it something where we should allow them to have the ball sit deep and try and break them on the counter attack I think we need to go about it the same way as, as the Leeds game if we can um, like Elliot said um, you know Shotton and Friend are going to have a, an eventful afternoon I, you know, I I admire Chris Wilder the way he sets up his Sheffield United teams. You know, they've they've kind of been that side that never quite seemed to you know be able to be shaken off um, in the promotion battle. And, and you know, they've got fantastic wing backs. You know, I've always looked at them and thought, you know, we could emulate their their style of play in terms of the the width. You know, um, Edna Stevens and, and uh, Paul Dock at the uh, either side are, are two fantastic wing backs. So we've got to be you know alert to their their threat. Um, I, I don't know, I feel like, you know, another high press game um will probably suit it, but I, I don't know, you know, it's a quick turnaround from the Leeds game, so I don't know really whether we'll we'll go with that sort of approach. Um I think we do have to follow suit in, in that Leeds in that Leeds game. It has to be aggressive, it has to be on the front foot, and we have to, we have to get in the face as early doors. It's a massive, massive game for us tonight, um, to try and grind something out. Um what would be the a good result from Middlesbrough tonight is would it be a point or would we, would we, do we have to go for the all three um, and the reason why I say that is Bristol City of course have just won nine on the spin Nev um, in a great rich fun, a run of form um, we kind of can't really afford to drop points at the moment um, so is it kind of a, a go there and try and get a point or do we have to go out attack and essentially risk it all for three point cells mm. yeah I think um you know, normally we we always say um, you know try and draw your away games and win your home games, but um, you know with Borough's home form this season, we might as well flip that on its head. Um, I think we should, <laughs> you know, I think we should definitely try and take the game to them. Um, if we can do it away at West Brom, then we can certainly do it at Sheffield United. Um, we know that you know although they tend to score a lot, they they, they do they are vulnerable. Um, they threw away that three goal lead the other day um, away at Villa, so I think. Definitely, I think with with the kind of expansive football and, and possession based football that they play, though, I think we should definitely try and stay compact and, and frustrate them, and then try to not try and match the style that they play, play to our strengths really, um, and use Mikel the way we used him in the Leeds match and try and play mm. the balls over the top for the runners. Yeah, well, there's nothing to fear really. I think, in, in my opinion, you know, the the start of the season of um, yes, it was very early, and shouldn't we look to the first ten games of the season because anything can happen, but. 3 0, it was before half time. Surely more more of the same against Sheffield United dinner, or it's it completely, completely different game, isn't it? Yeah, they were poor in that game. I mean, that, that first half was uh, was brilliant from Borough, probably one of the best um, performances that we've put in this season, that 45 minutes. Um, but yeah, completely different. I think they kind of were a little bit slow at the start of the season, I seem to remember. 
Um, and then they've obviously grown into it since and they've never really let up. So completely different um, task. You know, I, I certainly don't expect us to be 3-0 by half time again. Um, it, you know, it'll just be one of those games, like Elliot said, um, following the same vein as the Leeds game, keep it compact, frustrate them and then hopefully take our chances whenever they come. Perfect. So, score predictions. Um, normally I tell you, ask you to do your lineups and your score predictions, but we'll just do score predictions before uh, we come off there and then we go on to Blackburn. Uh, of course, because Millsbury play them at Ewood Park on Sunday, but tonight, Els, we'll start off with you. Score prediction. How do you see this one going? Um, although I'd really love us um, to win. And like that, you? You're going to be missing yeah. um, Although I really love yeah. us to win and, and take the game, I think they're going to be really strong at home, and I think. Um, I think that as much as we can't afford to drop points, they're in the same situation, so um, they don't want to, you know, lose track on those automatic places. They know that it's only three points in it, um, and they'll just be as desperate as us. And I, I think it's going to play out to a draw then, because I think both teams will be wanting to win it. So I think one all. One all for Els Dana. What have you got? I can't. You know what? I'd love to go. With what my dad says, two one. But he's watching your life. He's, he's watching oh. me. Hi, Dad. Up the borough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, three-one tonight. Unfortunately, I'm gonna go with the same scoreline as Elliot. I'm gonna go one-one. One-one for them. Um, I'm gonna be slightly optimistic. I'm gonna say two-nil Middlesbrough. Um, and the reason why I say it, I think we're gonna score two set pieces as well for the first time probably ever. Um, <laughs> I just don't. I, just, I just feel I have a really good feeling about the game. But, Appreciate if we start off slow and they get on the front foot and that's the score of the early goal. I think it's going to be a very, very difficult night for us. But if we start on the right vein, you know, you bring confidence from, say, the West Brom game and also the 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 Leeds game. It's you play on teams around you. You've got confidence. I think we're top of the the top six uh, form, I believe. I have to double check it, but I think we are, we've got a lot of points from it. Um, I think there's nothing to fear. Um, I think we should go there. Um, be aggressive, get the tackles in early doors, and hopefully come away with the three points. And I'm going to go two nil. Um, Can I see Billy Sharp scoring? Because that's all I've been. I know, every t- every time I every time I see Billy Sharp play live, he tends to fucking score against us, and it <laughs> it was like that. And remembered like Dave Kitson back in the day, where he he just he'd always score against Middlesbrough for some. But not strength. for Middlesbrough. But not for Middlesbrough. He's always in the pit. Canu, Canu as well as one. Canu, of them. yeah. yeah. But, uh, Pretty much every every player we it doesn't matter who it is. Ah, they always score against us then. Um, but no, I think we'll go two 0 and we'll take it live as well. Um, whoever, whoever's watching, put it in the comments below. Um, what do you think the score prediction is going to be today? Is it going to be a Millsborough win? Is it going to be a draw? Or are we going to get beat two one or three nil or five nil? It doesn't really matter because we'll get beat. But um, let's move on. We've got Blackburn now to to chat about. So um, we're going to come off live now. Um, we'll, we're going to be chatting a little bit more about Blackburn and the Tony Mowbray uh, reunion and also Harry Chapman has just signed for, for Blackburn too so he'll be having a feature um, thanks for watching us live um, like, share, subscribe to our channel and also share us as well um, but thank you very much everyone oh we've got one there, one no borrowing uh, from Tomo um, let's see if I've got any more quickly before we head off um, no, that's pretty much it for now. Uh, we're gonna come offline and talk about Blackburn. So thanks everyone. Right, we're back offline now. Um, so that was, was quite fun, wasn't it? Um, right, Black, Blackburn. Um, let's move on. I know we, I know we can't really look past Sheffield 
uh, United, but we've got a tough, tough game ahead now. Um, not just tonight, but against Blackburn on Sunday, the one pm kickoff. Um, return of Tony Mowbray, of course, uh, Borough legend, and also against uh, Harry Chapman, who was just signed for them as well. Um, Els, how do you think Blackburn are going to set up? Um, and what's your predictions and everything? Just tell us all. Yeah. Um, so Blackburn line up, line up in the classic Karanka formation. Um, Mowbray's been known to do it as well. Um, you know, very well in the past. It's, you know the four-two-three-one, a very balanced formation. Uh, when we had great success with it. Um, Bradley Dack, um, as we know, he played pretty well when he came up to the Riverside. Um, the top scorer on eleven, Danny Graham, also a former Borough lad, um, on ten goals. What I thought was interesting was um, Charlie Mulgrew actually is on eight goals this season, and our top scorer Brit is on nine. I think Mulgrew is playing centre back. But so, you know, hard Brexit football. It's uh, it's, uh, it's obviously with the, the excellent free kicks he puts past. I don't know whether he's put past any other than Borough this season, but <laughs> no, um, eight goals is you know incredible for a centre back. Um, you know they've they've got a very settled team and very settled system. They they've played it all season. Um, they haven't switched it, so you know it's it's really working for them. So it's like what you, what we've said about the four two three one before. Um, when going forward, you've got you're splitting it four and six, um, and one of the midfielders might also push on like like Ledbetter did for us. Um, they like to attack a lot more down the right side rather than the left. Um, so George might be a vulnerable target. He, he, when he's especially when they're really picking a side, um, George struggles a lot. Um, so I think you know we we just got to be really wary of that. Um, that the you know, looking back at, at Blackburn in the last couple of games, they've lost the last two. Um, but over the last six, they've won three, lost three, so they're a bit hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, they can be quite consistent. I remember covering um, my opinion of them for a Rovers site earlier on in the season, and that was when they were doing quite well. And then I think after that, they tailed off a little bit. I think they're currently in 13th place. So, like Elliot said, they can be um, hit and miss, but. I was looking into the stats for the overall team in, in you know in the context of the championship. They're the joint third lowest, um, or they have the jo- uh, joint third lowest number of shots on goal. So um, I suppose it'll be a I, I don't know maybe maybe it's got nil nil written all over. It, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Harrison Reed. Um, I quite rate um, yep. Harrison Reed. Um, it was a, a good little creative outlet for them. He's he's got five uh, assists this season, um, joint with Bradley Duck. So. Um, yeah, pretty much. I think Elliot covered it. You know, they they do have threats. They've obviously got Bradley Dack, who you know every team in the championship w- would want in their side. Uh, Danny Graham as well. Um, Charlie Mulgrew, a, a threat from set pieces. So hopefully we don't give away any any cheap uh, free kicks because obviously he did score one against us earlier on in the season. Um, I thought they were absolutely brilliant against us as well. Um, at the Rivers side, I thought Bradley Dack was excellent too. Um, it's going to be a really difficult game and it's so cliche to me to say that every game is difficult in the championship but I feel like these few games now will probably dictate the season um, and where we're going to end up. Um, of course tonight we have to probably win and we just spoke about that and also probably Blackburn as well. It's kind of like you can't really afford to drop points at the moment. Yes, Bristol City have to play pretty much everyone all over again um, and we we have a run of fixtures where we, we go against the, the lower teams again but they've been our Achilles heel for the majority of the season um, but let's do score predictions um, lineups and what have you um, who wants to go first I'll go with my uh, 
my prediction uh, first because okay. I, f- I want to go with the same same lineup. Um, keep it consistent, and what works well for us is this you know formation that we that we've been with um, for a while now. So three five one one. Okay. I want all prediction wise. Ewood Park's been a little bit uh, hit and miss for us over the past few years. Um, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go for a 1 0 Borough. 1 0 Borough for Dana. Um, Els, go on. What is your lineup, score predictions, and what have you? Um, I would like to see us stick um, with the same lineup. I feel like there might need to be uh, a few changes just from you know rotation stuff like that with playing you know three games in a week. Um, I don't know if there will be, um, but if you know if I was going to, I'd play. Um, you know you've got the option of playing Brit instead of Hugel. You've got the option of playing friend centre back and you know potentially putting. I think we used Van Lepara at wing back once. Um, you've got potential of putting Bessage or Clayton in Mikel's position. Um, so I feel like there might be two, maybe three changes. Um, especially if there's a few knocks as well tonight. Um, a prediction I'm going to go with, and you know, I am positive sometimes, I am going to go with a 2-1 <laughs> win uh, for Borough. Um, okay. Because I think, um, although I thought Blackburn were pretty good in the game up at the Riverside, I thought, especially with us being down to 10 men from um, midway through the first half, they really should have went on to win that. And I think if we could, if we ground out a result against them at home... Um, and especially in the second half, we played well when when Brit came on. I think we can definitely do it. Um, you know, matching them eleven v eleven, um, unless Bessic does something stupid again. Um, so no, I, I definitely think on paper we, uh, you know, we have a better team. We should be beating them. It'll be a tough game, but I think we'll come away from it two one winners. Fair enough, two one winners. Um, I will probably go with my my lineup. I'll probably be consistent. Really, you can't really change a winner formula unless we get dick three 0 tonight. Um, <laughs> but. I think George Savile has to start and Lewis Swing has to start give us that outlet probably I do one change I think maybe Britta Samba longer um, he's been unfortunate not to play uh, yeah. especially after that brace he scored against us from a job I, mean, I feel like that'll probably cause some bit of backlash from fans tonight I think um, every time Britt comes on he seems to look like he's going to score so the, fan, um, the fans really chant his name when yeah. um, when it gets to sort of the 60th minute as well and you, yeah. the, the see him warming up and everyone just gets excited and, and not that Hugel's um, a bad player I think Brit's obviously just a different type of player and uh, you could see as well when that change was made Hugel was getting tired um, he does he does put in a shift to be fair to him and um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I'd probably agree with you that Brit does deserve a chance yeah, to start he looked like he was on his on the back nine Hugo like towards the end I actually thought at one point he was going to die on the pitch because yeah. he was yeah. a bit extreme but honest <laughs> to God he just looked knackered he couldn't move and he was like ah, I've had enough lads I'm, I'm done now but um, yeah but I think Britta Sombolong should probably start that probably be the only change if everything goes well tonight um, but I would go with a 1-0 Middlesbrough um, yeah, full so house of wins. Full house of wins. So we're bound, to, we're bound probably to get beat. No, yeah. Wait, is Johnny, is Johnny get... Swore on this podcast as well? I think so. Yes. Yeah. I'm just gonna say shit, but just because uh, <laughs> yeah. we are never being PG. Um, <laughs> um, well, that pretty much wraps everything up. Um, so I can't remember what that that bloke said. No, I was a step with the right foot. Oh, I was a step with the left. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm going to say it my way. Um, step with your right foot, uh, take it with your left, chesting it down. You can't beat a bit of that. 
Uh, right, I'll see you later then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 